Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome back, guys, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, we are continuing our team previews. This time, it's going to be the Mets. We are still in the NL East. We First one was the Marlins, now we're on the Mets. And, of course, I could not have done this one without having everybody in here tonight, because we have two Mets fans on this podcast we have sp streamer well that's how you know on twitter at sp streamer which is mike and then we have at uh i'm all over the place we have we're zach. at a <laughs> <laughs> i'm all over the place we have zach we have mike hey, sp streamer is not his real name <laughs> <laughs> nope dude <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's, it's, it's it's a little late tonight. So let me let me try this again. We have Zach, George, and Mike on. So we have all of us. And Mike is at SP Streamer. Zach is at Z and George is at J Montanez90. Gentlemen, obviously we're tired. I'm tired at least. How are you guys doing though? I mean, eh, I don't really care at this point, but how are you guys doing? <laughs> Everyone's good. Everyone's good. We can move on from that. Yeah, yeah let's just get to the Mets. Well, <laughs> hey, I, w- I wouldn't be an accommodating host if I didn't ask how you guys were doing, okay? Gosh, I hate But do guys. you care how we're doing? <laughs> Not a single bit. Okay. Um, so the Mets. Yeah, see, you guys gave me a hard time about the Marlins, rightfully so, but your Mets think you can compete, and <laughs> that's going to be fun to see next year. They tr- they made they made their uh they they really made that last minute push. They really tried, came up short as as anticipated. In all seriousness, though, there is a lot of actual fantasy goodness on this team, and I hate to admit that, but there are a lot of players, including one of the biggest sleepers I've been touting all offseason already, but we're going to say a little we're not going to get to the sleepers right away. Overall, guys, just speak as Mets fans for a second. Do you, what are your honest expectations going into next year? I mean, we have the pieces to be a playoff team. Whether or not we can put it all together, that's that's been the question for the past few years now. Um, I think it depends who they bring in as a coach. Personally, I'm kind of hoping that it's Girardi. Uh, yes. he's, he's got the experience as a player and a coach. He's got experience in New York, uh, which is something that Callaway really struggled with this season, I think. But, yeah, I think Girardi would be a great, great piece to this puzzle. And they they have the pieces. They really do. They just need to put it together. They need to manage the bullpen, which was horrible this year. And Girardi is known for being a good game manager, bullpen type guy. So, we'll see. It's the Mets. You never know, man. Yeah, I agree with Zach. Um, I think they – hopefully they'll add some bullpen pieces uh, throughout the offseason. And I also think it'll really come down to health. Everyone's got to stay healthy. And I think if we do that, 
Hopefully we'll make it, but probably not because it's the Mets. <laughs> I love hearing the defeat. Love your optimism. <laughs> the defeat, the defeat, and utter disappointment in your voices. Yeah, we I, I'm sound gonna, like such Mets fans. I'm, I'm gonna keep this. It's hard not to be monotone when you talk about them. <laughs> well, if, if you know Zach, it's hard for him not to be monotone at all. <laughs> but especially at eleven o'clock at night, it doesn't matter what time it is. It could be, it could be nine in the morning. Like you can have a cup of coffee. You sound like this, man. It's, okay. it's, Thank you. I think you sound just fine. Oh, shut up. Don't you, don't you, don't know. <laughs> Thank no. you, Mike. You're welcome. Uh, that wasn't directed towards you. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Thanks, SP. SP. That's My new name, name right? is just SP Streamer. That's, that, that is your name. No one knows you anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, George, you want to chime in at all? Hi, George. <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, <laughs> the only guy on the West Coast who actually is awake for these things. I am. I am. Yeah, I'm, I mean, as far as the Mets go... Uh, they've just they've got a ton of interesting pieces and they always do can they put it all together can they stay healthy you know they're in a tough division they're with the the Phillies the Nationals Braves they're all going to be competing it's just it's going to be tough as far as expectations go yeah I I have no idea a quick reminder we're going to jump right in to we're going to start we'll start with busts because I think there's some interesting names to talk about but what, what we do for those who might be listening for the first time the idea of these is to just highlight fantasy-wise, sleepers break out some busts on this team, and maybe just talk about guys that kind of fall in between. Maybe looking ahead a little bit, maybe Conforto falls in between. Just saying. Might have had a discussion off the air a little bit about them. Regardless, <laughs> the idea is to just give you the full fantasy breakdown of these teams. We go, we go for super deep names. We cover a lot of the shallow names, a lot of the names, again, all the names in between. So um, let's get started. I want to start off with a big bust, one that no one else is going to have as a bust, but it's a simple reason why. Come on, Zach. You know I'm doubling down. Who's my bust? Is it Thor? No. Well, screw him. I'm over him. It's Pete Alonzo. (laughs) Pete Alonzo. Oh, Oh, this is – all right. I'm just going to leave. It's really simple. It's seriously very simple. Let's see. I actually should have had a. You're basically hit. just gonna say the ball's not gonna be juiced next year, and he's not gonna no. hit it. But that's well, not even the case for next year. Well, yeah, it actually, they're supposed to. It's actually, gonna be juiced, and if if they do change, it won't be till halfway through the season. The commissioner said if that they the, do the ball. The commissioner said there's already gonna be after the World Series. He's gonna get together with whoever he's gonna. Get, I read the article. Whoever he's gonna get together with, they're gonna talk about a resolution. A resolution, a solution to the the ball issues. There's a yeah. good chance the ball's changed going into next year. No, but but I I read that apparently they have I don't know the amount, but apparently they have all these balls already made from the same one that they used this year, and that there's no way that they toss them all out. So even if they do change the ball and start creating the new ones, it's not going to happen until at least halfway through the season. Well, the reason why he's a bust for me. The earliest. Can I, let, me, let me give my reasoning. I right. want to see where his, I want to see where. No, it's strictly based on ADP, not because I don't believe in the talent, which is a huge relief, I'm sure, to Zach, because I was giving him such a hard time about him. But in the second half, he only hit 235, which brought down his overall average to where it should have been on the season, basically. So I think realistically, you're paying what is he a third round, third round, roughly a third round pick. Third or fourth round in these two early mocks, he was going at around 44. That was the average, 44.3. Third, third or fourth round pick, depending on the size of your league, for potentially a 250 hitter with 40, 40 to 45 bombs if he regresses, and assuming the ball isn't juiced the whole year. 
again, you can't assume that right away. But so a 250 hitter, 45 home runs, I can literally wait until after the outside top 100 to get similar production. That's my only issue. He's this year's Chris. He's going to be next year's Chris Davis with a K. (laughs) With a K. I wouldn't put it that far. (laughs) I'm not not saying he's going to fall off as much. I'm saying you're going to overpay for somebody. You can get Stanton two rounds later. You can get, you can get other players. You can get Goldschmidt two or three rounds later. You see what I'm saying? Like you can get better values with the similar number upside rounds later and get somebody who offers more fantasy value at that spot. The only reason why I think Alonzo is that high is because he's kind of guaranteed to hit you at least 40 home runs. Obviously, nothing's guaranteed, but like you said Stan, but he's got the health issues. Uh, who was the other one you said? You said someone know. else. I'm sure no. it's Chris Davis. Chris Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said someone else. I did Karis Davis, but I, I compared him to being well, over. I compared him to the where he's being dra- where he was being drafted, and why that was kind of a, a mistake. I can get right. I just think he's so high because he's young and he can only get better. And can he? Every, I, I will. Well, everything supports what he did. So I just feel like he he's essentially guaranteed forty home run guy. And that's fine, but I feel like power is the easiest thing to come for, the easiest commodity. And I can, in that third round or fourth, wherever he's going, I feel like there's a guy there that might offer all category production, better batting average, better steals, a little less power. And I can double down and maybe I just have more belief in, my, in like guys later in the draft. But I feel like for a guy on this very same team, Conforto is pretty much like shoe in for 30 home runs. I'll take a few less home runs. Uh, 50 picks later. Yeah, but you're just going to get – you're just getting an average. Alonzo had 120 RBIs and over 100 runs. He's hitting three categories yeah, and, for and, you. Uh, if your argument is that you can get Conforto, who's a shoe in for 30, he's had 30 home runs once in the juice fall year. And it. an argument that Alonzo is going to reduce his home runs because a possible change in the ball, I mean, what's that going to do for a guy like Conforto? Well, listen, all right, you're being too pessimistic. First off, <laughs> Conforto hit 27 when he was healthy in 440 play appearances in, in 2017. 2018, he came off that injury, had that big second half, and he got to 28 home runs. Last year, he got to 33. I think he's fine. 28, 28 home runs, three home runs, fine. I'm still I'm cutting down 12 home runs. Yes, the RBI numbers are there. I'm surprised he hit so many RBIs, hitting second most of the year. So maybe I'm underplaying the counting stats, but – it is the Mets. Who knows what the counting stats are going to be like? I just think overall, it's. I think it's a little bit of a high price. I just think the price. I I just think the production could be matched, a slightly lesser extent, but for thirty picks later. Yeah. That's, now, see, this is a good segue to my my bust, which is Conforto. And really, the only reason I have him as a bust right now, is where he's going in these two early mocks. Now, you know, we're going to see where he goes later on. The more data we get. But I'm looking at these names uh, behind him here. Michael Brantley, Jorge Soler, Tim Anderson, Matt Olson, Max Kepler, Nicholas Castellanos, Ramon Laureano, all going uh, after him. And I think I'd rather have every single one of them. Uh, I was going to say a couple. Like, I'd rather have Conforto over – Conforto Castellanos for me would be need-based. One hits more average, one hits more power. You have um, uh, Laureano, same thing. He, I'd, rather, I'd rather have Laureano and Roto. Because he hit, he gives you five category upside. So yes, you're not wrong. Like I'm, and I, compared to those names you're naming, yeah, I totally am on board right. with you. Yeah, 
the thing is, I mean, so right there, I guess he would be considered a bust from ADP perspective right there, but I don't expect him to remain above some of those names. I think he's in the same conversation as some of them, but mm-hmm. guys like Ramon Laureano, I'd rather have for the, for the uh, five category upside among others. So I just don't I, see where he's standing out right now. As far as like any, any category goes, you, you look at a guy who I actually was kind of considering here for my breakout with Jeff McNeil, uh, 20 picks later. I mean, he's giving you that elite batting average and, you know, he could, he could, potentially give you close to the same number of home runs. Uh, I wouldn't trust the power that much, but I can understand it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I, I think McNeil's going to rise. I think people, again, a lot of the problem with these, like this ADP, a lot of it was, a lot of these guys were buried in it. You know, like McNeil was like, I remember he was one of my deep sleepers because he was outside the top 380 P coming into the season or top 250 or something like that. He was really down there. So a lot, of, a lot of these things, like if you didn't have your ranks ready, which most people did not have ranks in front of them, like their own ranks ready to go day after the season ended when these yeah. drafts basically, or these drafts started, I think even during the season or just after regardless, it was like a lot of these players, the ADP is so skewed. Unfortunately, I think Conforto will drop a little bit and, He'll be more of like that. What you, he's still for me a top 100 player, but he's not like I'm not as high as I was on him last year. I've come down on him as well, so I'm just not I'm not willing to call him a bust though, because I don't think he. I, I bust for me is like Alonzo, like I said, because I don't. I think you're paying for his ceiling. That's what I was trying to get at. Basically, I think you're paying for his ceiling, and his floor isn't necessarily like his floor is not necessarily bad. I'm not saying he's gonna be bad. I just think he's priced out. Yeah. I'm not going to have any shares of him where he's going because of guys I feel like I can get close to that same production 20 or so picks later. Mm-hmm. Conforto might have been a bad example, but Goldschmidt's not. And Goldschmidt's probably going like 20, 20 picks later on average. So just a few comments on what you guys were saying. Um, I kind of agree with with George about Conforto being in the bust. I mean, the 30 home runs was nice. The walk rate is really nice. Um, but if you're not playing in an OBP-type league, I mean, you're basically just using him for 30 home runs, 90 to 100 RBIs maybe. Oh, my um, God. oh no, just 90 or 100 RBIs. Well, no you big can, deal. There, you can get, there's so much like, – like you said, there's so much mid to late round value for home runs and RBIs that uh, I would rather take a guy like McNeil 20 to 30 rounds uh, picks later. I agree. Wow. You're getting sorry, yeah. Picks. <laughs> he's gonna hit three hundred plus. He's got twenty home run potential. He's gonna throw in some stolen bases in there as well. I definitely like the value of McNeil a little bit later than Conforto. And as far as Pete Alonzo, um, I actually think like the forty to fifty range is a good spot for him. I don't think it's too high. I think if you're taking him 20-30, I think that's a little bit of a reach. But I think uh, we're going to see him rise. My, that's my, my big Probably concern. see him rise a little bit. But right now, I mean, he's going around the same time as guys like Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. And I would take Alonzo over both of those guys at this point. I would take Alonzo over Rizzo. I'm not, I, I think Bryant offers a little more all-category upside. Like Obviously, the home run power isn't there. He has the runs. The RBIs aren't too aren't there, but that batting average. I'd rather swap. I'll give up a little power in RBIs for the um, batting average and a few extra stone bases. Personally, I think it's close though. You're not wrong, but yeah, I, I would take a lot between those. I two. do have Alonzo over Rizzo, so you're not. I, I'm again. I'm not. I will rank Alonzo pretty aggressively. I think, but I don't think I will own him. I 
because I just I'm always afraid. I'm usually the one fading somebody that I feel like you're paying for his ceiling. Because if he doesn't, if he comes up short and only hits 35 home runs next year, hits two and bats 245, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen, but potentially could. It's a potential outcome. Even if you give him 40 and 245, that's not difference making, and I don't think it's even somebody you should really be taking in a top 40 pick. And I think he's going to end up creeping into the top 35, top 40 picks. Anybody have ADP ahead of him, in front of him, I mean? Yeah, for, for what? What's his high pick and low pick? For who? Alonzo. Have um, you been paying attention? His low, his low <laughs> pick is, sorry, his, I was looking something up. Low pick is 34 and 58 is the highest. Or so, other way around. His yeah. highest is 34 and 58 is And I, th- I think we would all agree that the 34 – I, we're going to see more of a shift towards that than the 58. I think that goes without saying. I would be very surprised if he stay. I think he's going to be – and I, th- I think that's going to be more the common mid, mid to upper 30s ranked and drafted. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Now, just to put things into perspective, even this year, you know, with all the you know, controversy over the juice ball and everything, only 10 guys hit 40 home runs. You know, so, I mean, even if you say, like, you know, you can bank on 40 home runs, banking on 40 home runs, you know, when there's only 10 hitters, even this last year, that hit 40 home runs, I think that's valuable. See, I, I just I, – I, why can't I just go take a friend, Mel Reyes, hit 250 and hit 30? Like, I can get that. And, and that's why I have a hard time valuing power. I guess because there's more upside there, and I get it. I do get it. I just don't want to pay for it. Because I really, I really feel like you can get some good power value later. And I'd rather take one of those top 50 picks and get myself a Marte. Get myself a – I can't think of some speedsters, but somebody with power-speed combination in that round. You get steals late too, though. I, I know. Yeah. But, but <laughs> As the, you know. <laughs> but, the, but, the, yeah. but, the, but the late steals guys, the late steals guys are usually those that will drag everything down and they're one-category producers. It's, yeah. rare, it's rare that – like yes, I like Victor Reyes. He's – barely going to be owned in most 12-team mixed leagues. I might be the 1% that owns them. But, like, for me to – like, I'm not expecting anything but speed. I hope for the batting average. I think it's going to be there. But there's – you know what I mean? Like, that's – I'm hoping for two categories. Whereas yeah. these whereas these late-round uh, home run guys, you can, you're getting two to three categories. And Alonzo, you guys even said it. He's a three-category producer. And you're hoping for one of the – you're hoping for the batting average to not – you know, to be the fourth – to be potentially the fourth. But realistically, it's probably going to be like a three and a half. What's the difference between him and Donaldson? But, but I well, think what, what George was kind of saying too is the the reason why Alonzo is high is because, not again, nothing's a sure thing, but there's not much risk there. Like, you know the power is going to be coming. I mean, with, like you said, Framil Reyes, I mean, is he going to play that much? I mean, yeah, but is we're he talking, really going to – is he going to hit definitely 30? I mean, he's got talking, some power, but – But we're, right. also, we're also talking, what, 100, 100 – plus pick difference like you know the, what I mean? the thing about that is right that- but you could do anything later i mean it could, you're saying if you get steals late like like reyes that's all he does is hit power and if you get steals late all those guys do steal i just i just feel like everything's kind of in the same for me i mean the the right. reason and i'm just trying to get at the reason why you're taking him when he's going is because he's hitting a lot more than everybody else and you know he's going to do it Right. So you, you, you know, you made the point that you can get a Fran Mill Reyes later. The thing is everyone in your league is going to have a Fran Mill Reyes. Everyone in your league is right. going to have a lineup full of these guys, you know, Fran Mill, 
you know, Max Kepler, Michael Conforto, like everyone's going to have one of those guys. But, I'd rather have one of those guys for their price. Cause okay, name, can you, can you get in just while you have the ADP and cause we're going to beat this. We're going to, we're obviously not going to agree. There's no talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have to like, agree to disagree at some point. Like, yeah. like I, like, why not? Like, for instance, a name that stands out that he hit just shy of 40 was Josh Donaldson. I know with him comes injury history and the age. There you but, go. But, <laughs> and that's why he's going where he's going. But I don't know, man. I, just, <laughs> I, I get, I, I understand. Though no, going I, at eighty nine, and I understand you know, fifty or forty, whatever. I'll, and I'll, I understand that. But my point is, is that up guys never player. healthy. Well, except for of course the one year he plays in the NL, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> he plays in the NL, doesn't get the DH, yeah. and his calf, his calf held up. So uh, you're you're saying, Mike, that you would rather pay a little bit more for steals at that price and pay for power later? Yeah, like na- give me some names around him, seriously. Give so some- you would rather take names. a guy like Whit Merrifield over Alonzo? Yes. Oh, God. You would yes. rather take a guy like Charlie Blackman over Alonzo? Yes. You'd rather take a guy like Jonathan VR over Pete Alonzo? Yes. <laughs> take a guy like George Springer over Alonzo. Yeah, that goes. See, that's where it gets tough. But I'm big on. I think Springer a little less power. I think he has the same power upside. He just can't stay healthy. But he he offers the the batting average difference. So like, I'll take again. He's another guy where I'll take a little hit in the uh, home run total for the batting average difference. Because coming back from 250, it's hard to get. It's hard to make up a 250 batting average earlier in your draft than is late in your draft because you could build for a guy hitting 250 later in your draft. It's like you're forming your team in those early rounds and a 250 average can be hard to make up unless you reach for a DJ LeMahieu type or if you're lucky enough, you get into a Jeff McNeil. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have to plan for it either way. I get it, but I like building a a solid, strong foundation in all five categories the best I can in my first four or five rounds before I start taking these chances. Like I love, I love Schwarber. Schwarber's going to be a guy that I own. And I think there's 30 home runs with 40 home run potential. He hit 38 this year. Now, again, it's not a guarantee. And I know his struggles and his history suggests he can come up short and disappoint, but the, I'd rather build for that risk later instead of taking a guy that I think is going to hit 215 40. I think that's a safe bet. But I'd rather get the guy that's going to contribute a little more than just 250 and 40 because the counting stats really are counting stats. You never know who's going to do what any given year with the counting stats. But I think he's solid for – he's probably good for 100 and 100, yes. So I think he's three-category – best thing, I think he's only a three-category producer with the hopes of a four where I can get a for sure four-category. Every, every name you named – every name you just gave me was a for sure four-category producer with five-category upside. I think you're underestimating him, especially the average. He finished out at 260, but that was with a horrible second half. Yeah, but show me. I mean, where's his? I I go here on. I just had his page up. I find it. I think his XBA is like 250. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even have his Statcast page. I was looking at. I just wanted to see his like minor league averages, and in the minors, he hit 260 in AAA. He hit. He hit 314 in AA. I mean, that was only 65. That was only 65 games. Don't get excited. 285. So okay, he has flashed a better hit to the minors. I'll give you that. But it is the minors. He makes the leap to the majors. His profile has changed a bit. He used to walk a lot more, strike out a lot less than the minors. Triple A starts striking out more and walking less. So I guess he's a little more aggressive now that he hit the pros. And that this is a guy that hit. He had 235 after the All Star break. I mean, if he, he hit 285 he, before it though. 280. Whatever. I just looked it up. I don't remember. Regardless, I think the happy medium is 250. 
And I think that's fair. And I think, I don't think either one of us is going to be, I don't think I'm going to be wrong for saying that's kind of what to expect. And if it gives you 260 plus, you're happy, but that's still not, I would not count that as somebody contributing to, contributing to batting average at all. So don't take them. Three of us will take them. <laughs> Again, everybody has a price. Maybe 45 would be better, but I'm picturing him in the 30s right now. Because I in this, I just did a mock draft. The one we're in, didn't he go that early? He went like second round. It was 15, yeah, it was, but he was like in the 20, 30 range somewhere. That's kind of my point. Like, I'm not taking him there. Josh Bell, when they did those, remember they did the Memorial Day mock drafts? Which, by the way, you're up in this mock draft. Good to know. Thank you. But he, Josh Bell's going in the second round. I, even I told you I'm the Josh Bell guy. There's no chance I'm taking Josh Bell there. It's like the same thing with um, – I'm just not not doing it, man. Like, I'd rather have – I, I can't see. I definitely like, – see, I'd rather have – but I will give you this. I'd rather have um, Alonzo over Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero. I'm just – I don't understand why he's still going so high. Blows my mind. <laughs> uh, he hasn't done anything to deserve it. I, I refuse. Insane. Insane. Where the hell did he go? I don't see – it doesn't matter. Okay, we've really beat this into the ground. We did. I, I think it was a good conversation. I think it we're was. Gonna, I think we're going to have people on both sides of this. But now this is not just the Pete Alonzo show. This is a – I think – I have a feeling we're going to come back around to this some point in this well, offseason. I already, I already, yeah. I already learned I'm not going to win this debate. And I, <laughs> but maybe you'll come around to understand – maybe you'll see what I'm talking about when he's – Or vice versa. I think – But yeah. I think as he, he's going to climb ADP, I think, be closer to that – 30 to 35 pick, and then you're going to see that the value isn't really there anymore. I think the next two early mocks will be a lot more telling when it comes to ADP. For sure. So I, th- I think these ones, a lot of people weren't prepared, and the rankings are all screwed up. Everyone's just throwing crap out there, and, you know, there's a lot of weird picks. So I think the next one people will be a little more ready for. Exactly. and But until then, we argue about where he's at right now, and it's all, it's all a whole lot of fun. Oh, I got off my chest because um, what a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we're talking about the Mets. It just happened to be really because I think that I think I'm probably I think it's a pretty bold statement to call him a bust. Yeah, it was good. Bold. It was good, and it goes into like you know philosophy as well. You know our our philosophy as far as how we play and stuff. Um, so it was definitely yeah, a good conversation. I think now again, going he gains value in points in OBP leagues because he walks a good amount, but. That's they're different. Like same thing with Conforto. Conforto in OBP leagues or points leagues, he's like a fringe top fifty pick. Hmm. People won't ever draft him that high, so he's a great value. He's a sleeper in points leagues in OBP leagues. When it comes to uh, roto leagues, he's probably priced appropriately. I don't think he's a bust, but I don't think he's a breakout. I think he's priced right around that eighty to anywhere between eighty to one hundred is where he should be. That's where that's where I'm going to have him ranked. I know he's going to ultimately land in that area, and then people are going to ask me, well, Conforto. Or Castellanos, I'm like, well, what are, what's your team look like? Do you have Joey Gallo on your team already? Then go Castellanos. Do you have Jeff McNeil and a whole bunch of other solid guys that need some power upside? Go Conforto. That's where that's where Conforto's name is going to be thrown in. I think that's a fair place to put them. So, yeah, Zach and Mike, <laughs> who are your sleepers and busts? <laughs> well, does, does, anybody have, does anybody else have a bust pick? Like, we can move on from obviously. Uh, I have Cinder going. I think this was 15 minutes oh, for Alonzo. Please continue about Syndergaard. I was so wrong on him last year. So, so this is more of a 
I you guess, were so wrong. Feeling type of thing, not a statistical type of thing. <laughs> I'm just so tired of his crap and with the catchers and everything. And I just, I get the feeling that he's stuck here and he's not going to want to be here. It's this is if he's not traded and he's not going to want to be here. And I kind of think he's going to be in his own head. And I could just see like a four year a year for the guy. But Mike is. I just think it's like a mental thing season. for him. You're basically me last season. I completely agree. Yeah. I was I was calling Syndergaard a bust all season when Mike was touting him as sleeper or whatever you were touting him I was as. So him and Bauer were my guys. Man, you see why I struggled in Roto Leagues? I had to beg for pitching. I had to trade and I'm scrape. just sick of it. It's taken, what is it, we're in year five now? Possibly more? I don't even know. But the fact that he hasn't been able to turn his elite stuff into – an ace by now, it's beyond frustrating, and I'm sick and tired of it. I'm okay with his price. He's going to be an SP2, and rightfully so. He's um, dropped significantly from last year. Which is yeah. great because, I mean, you have a strand rate that's below league average that will likely come up. And all of his all of his indications, FIP, XFIP, all suggest he's a half a run, if not more, better than what he was. Except for Sierra is kind of a low four, but... I don't know, man. I just don't know. I His new price, I mean, his swinging strike rate went down, his his O swing percentage. So he's getting less people. He's getting less chases. He's giving up more contact. Do the Mets, I don't know much about their pitching coach. Do they preach to pitch to contact? Is that like the thing they do? No, not necessarily. Because um, obviously he is pitching to contact for like the first time in his career and it's, and it's burning him. He's also throwing first pitch strikes for the high, like his highest did, career first pitch strikes and everything. Uh, looked like he, so he upped his usage with fastballs and mm-hmm. lowered his sinker usage, it looks like. I heard a lot so of it. That could explain some of it. A lot of it had to do with him just not being able to grip the ball right. He couldn't find a feel for his uh, pitches, and he complained about the ball being too uh, too slick. Yeah, I don't know. I'm don't just know tired either. of him, and not I'm just not touching him unless we trade him to like the Rays or Astros. I'm going nowhere near him. I mean, that would be nice, but I mean, there's it's hard. To, like I'm not. He burned me, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty much going to be off of him, but I don't know. It depends how much he falls. Everybody has a price. I, I, I firmly believe every player has a price. If Syndergaard falls into SP2 range where I'm willing to take an SP2, it's going to be like it, – it's hard because you've got to – do you take – for me, it's weird because I'm really big on Lazardo. Do you take Lazardo or Thor? And I feel like you have to take Thor, but, man, do I want to take Lazardo after watching him pump 100-plus. Yeah. 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 The, the thing with that is that you don't have to make that decision because Lazardo is going so much later. Not with me drafting. I took <laughs> where did I get him in this? I took I took him in this mock, and I I actually liked it because I took I took him early, and I really liked. I can't even find where 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 the draft was. I think I closed it out. I took him pretty early, and, and then I end up circling around and getting Paxton later anyway. So it's like I'm really just overly confident in this kid. I want the upside. I want him. I, I feel like I started ninety fourth. By the way, that's not bad at all. Holy crap! I love that. Is that wrong? Like, is that too high? It's a lot. Am I though? Like we all saw, we all know the pedigree, we all know the upside, and we all saw him pump that. that Took Lizardo over Paxton. I I got Paxton later though, didn't I? I know. I'm just saying, Paxton went 124. I think I'd probably take Paxton over Lizardo. Why? Uh, <laughs> why? I don't want Paxton in New York. Flyball pitcher in New York. Ugh. That's for a separate conversation. Yeah, it's, we'll, we'll preview the uh, the the Mets. We'll preview the Yankees another time. 
So back to the Mets. So Thor, we all agree we're all kind of down on him. Are we all like George? You care about him at all? Like, you have anything to chime in on? Uh, not really. I've, <laughs> I mean, I, I've always kind of uh, faded Syndergaard. He's still probably going too high for you know where I'm going to take him. He's at 55. I mean, yeah, like you said, it depends. I mean, if I haven't taken a picture yet, am I? Gonna be okay taking him there at fifty five as my first guy. Um, I'm not <laughs> too know. sure. You know, it's 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 tough right there. I would not make him my ace like I did last year. We can all agree Degrom is an ace. Nobody questions him and his ability. Absolutely. Yeah. What is everybody's? Well, what where where are everybody's thoughts on Wheeler? Are we kind of like similar ranked as last year? Like fringe top one <sighs> overall guy? No, not anymore. He's close to like one twenty, one thirty overall probably. Yeah, and. Uh, you were looking at the ADP here in these two early mocks. He's at 139, and I really like him right there. I mean, especially, you know, if he lands in a good situation this winter. SP3, uh, SP3 right there, yeah. You can't, it's not bad SP3. I could see him as a possible Garrett Cole replacement in Houston, which I would love. If he much, goes, much cheaper alternative for them. If he goes to Houston, how high does he jump up? Very. <laughs> I would take him before Sunday. Yes, I think he's – is he a top 15 pitcher? Mm, nah, I wouldn't go that high. Fringe – so he's about top 20-ish then? I'd say top 50, top 60 player. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, to be – well, that's, yeah, that's, that's aggressive. I would put him at like a top 15 pitcher. Like if, if, he goes, if he goes to the Astros, he's going to be right in there with that Bauer and Burrito simpatic range that we were just mentioning. See, I think Paddock, yeah. and, Paddock and Wheeler would stand out to me. I'd take both those guys over all those names we've talked about. I don't see Wheeler being back with the team as much yeah. as I don't like to say that. I'm a big Wheeler fan, and I really liked him as a number three guy, but I don't see it happening. And I'm going to kind of segue that into a sleeper that I have for the Mets, and that is Seth Lugo, because there are rumblings that he wants to start again. And – I could see him possibly taking that spot from Wheeler if Wheeler does move on. Lugo's had some great stuff this year. I would love to see him as a closer, but he's got some arm issues and they don't like to use him on back-to-back days. So I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, he's been a, a nice relief piece, but I really think he wants to start. And if we do have we really don't have much depth in the minors anymore. Um, so, I mean, if we're not going out to sign a decent arm, um, I could see Lugo possibly slotting into that three or four spot in the rotation if they are open to that idea. Obviously, it depends on who they bring on as a manager. But, I mean, we know what kind of stuff Lugo has. He's up there in the top percentile of spin rate. He's right up there in K percentage. He's he's an elite reliever right now. And it would be interesting to see what kind of numbers he can put up as a starter again. He was a different pitcher a couple of years ago when he was starting. His ERA was around four, but um, he's a different type of guy, different pitcher right now. Um, he's definitely mixing his pitches much better than he was a few years ago. And I, I could see him being a possible sleeper as a starting pitcher late in the draft. You guys are fine. You have Tebow in your AAA affiliate. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, goodness, man. Tebow. I can't believe. Do you think when he hits a home run, he kneels on home plate? No. <laughs> Why are we talking about Tebow? Because <laughs> I was looking at your AAA. I was looking at the AAA uh, 
roster to see if there was any pitching before you mentioned there's no pitching depth at all i mean we traded our two guys for stroman those are the two top guys you have um me still you have uh franklin oh, killing me and um yeah. david, david peterson and thomas zapuki zapuki is actually a really nice dynasty piece if we have any dynasty players out there he uh zapuki are you familiar with him mike 2.0 not oh, uh, actually no not really so he he was having an amazing season. I think it was two seasons ago, and he had Tommy John surgery. Um, I guess it was 2018. You think he was out all of that year, and he just came back the end of last season. Uh, so I don't know if he's in high A or double A now, but he had um, a dominant season. I think it was 2017. But somebody to take a look at for dynasty leagues. He. Uh, He's got some really nasty wipeout stuff as a lefty. He's got a funky motion. Um, somebody to check out. He's a few years away. So yeah, yeah. So you basically, if you don't sign pitching, you're in trouble. I was good, and the Seth Lugo stuff is perfect because I was wondering your thoughts on the closer position because I think people are actually legitimately worried. But I think there's no way in there's no way in hell that Diaz wasn't going to get the closer gig to start the year next year. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried about it, but. It's his job. Brody has already come out and said, sorry, I'm on a first-name basis again with these guys. Um, our GM, Brody Van Wagenen, has said that Diaz is not going anywhere, and neither is Syndergaard. Um, you you got to give him another shot. But like I said, they don't like using Lugo. He has a partially torn UCL right now. That's kind of why they moved him to the bullpen. And yet you um, want to buy into him as a starter. He's going to – I do. He's a starter. I do. I'd honestly rather have him just have the Tommy John surgery now and come back as a starter. I mean, like I said, they can't use him on back-to-back days. And if they're using him two innings, like it, it could be a two- or three-day break until he pitches again out of the yeah. bullpen for two innings. So he's your 2021 sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> if his UCL falls apart, then yes. No, oh, um, it's, it's going to. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Lugo call. I, I like him. His stuff played up so well in the bullpen, though. I just I can't see that. I can't see them moving him from from the bullpen. Um, they literally don't have a choice. This looks like they have nothing, man. Like he's not kidding. I'm looking at their like minor league rosters. They have Irvin Santana down there. Like really, yeah, it's like that's, it really, that's what they do with Lugo. It really depends on what they do in the offseason. If they can bring in a starter, then they're probably going to keep in the bullpen. But if they can bring in a few bullpen pieces, then it's possible. And if Wheeler leaves, it's possible he might get a spot in that rotation again. I wonder. So. I wonder if they'll turn to like a bullpen day. Where Lugo pushes. They typically don't do that, but uh, like him and Gazelman or something. Yeah, him, Gazelman, and whoever. By then, it'll be eight to nothing. But yeah, <laughs> it won't matter. <laughs> free, every fifth, every fifth game is like a free win for the opposing team. Nah, but, eight to nothing. Mets, you mean? Yeah, Mets lose. You forgot a word. <laughs> uh, sleepers. So that kind of goes. That kind of transitions to that. I know George has one he mentioned off air. I can let you get to him because I feel like he's a sleeper every year. And now there's like almost like fatigue with him, but maybe it's the year. Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, I know he's your guy, so I'll give you the honor. Go ahead. I was giving you Ahmed Rosario. Oh, Ahmed Rosario. Okay, I thought you were talking about <laughs> the other guy. That was the guy. The other guy. No, it was Ahmed Rosario breakout. I thought it was a sleeper. His ADP is really low too right now. Right. Yeah. Okay. So um, whatever. So he's a breakout. You could talk about him first. Whatever. Right. Anyway. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, so yeah, he, he ended the season here with 15 home runs, 19 steals, with a 287, 323, 432 slash line. Um, 
I mean, the thing is, like, he's shown growth, like, every season now. You, you look at his line drive rate um, every year over the last two seasons. From 2017, it was 19% to 20%, now to 22%. Um, and it's come at the expense of, of ground ball rate. So his fly ball rates stay the same. The ground ball rate is coming down. He's, he's picking up those line drives. And, um, you know, his hard hit rate, too, is coming up just like everyone else's. But, yeah, I just like this. I, I like the growth that he's shown. Um, you know, they, they did bat him you know, uh, first or second for a good part of August. Um, he, he had a good last couple of months and he hit significantly better uh, versus right-handed pitchers than he did, you know, uh, previous two seasons. So like I said, he's, he's showing that growth every year. He, he has a high pedigree. Um, he has elite sprint speed that you would like to see him be more efficient on the base paths. He did have 19 steals. I think he was caught like, I don't know, like 10 times, uh, something like that. So you would like to see some more efficiency there, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, Rosario. And the thing is, you know, shortstop is just so deep. Um, so it's hard to envision him cracking, like, you know, anyone's top 10 or top 12. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, he can keep growing. You're looking at a possible 2020 guy with a good average. Yeah, man. That's a great I, call. I'm sorry I'm, to take you over there, Mike. But I, I just wanted to ahead. say because I, uh, I had Rosario as my breakout as well. Breakout, sleeper, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I agree with pretty much everything that George said. I had a lot of the same notes that George said there, but yeah, the stolen bases are huge. I mean, he had 19 stolen bases. Like you said, George, he was, he was caught 10 times. I mean, if he can improve on that efficiency there, I mean, that's, that's a nice late round steal for steals. Um, we've been talking about how steals are so, so hard to come by nowadays. Um, so that would be huge, but he really, he surged in the second half. Um, he's batting lead off more often than not. Um, so, I mean, that definitely will provide some more stolen base opportunities at the top of the lineup. But like George said, I mean, he's he's really been improving the past two seasons. And I see next season is kind of like the big breakout year for him. So I completely agree with you, George, on that. Yeah, I agree with both of you, actually, too. I, I have him as my sleeper. Um, I mean, he's not only that, I mean, you guys touched on the, on the steals. I think the steals could go up as well. Um, kind of depends where they put him in the lineup though. Hopefully he's leading off more next year, but I mean, not only that, he could, I think he could hit well over 300 easily. He was 91st percentile in X batting average. So, um, I think he'd give you average with 20, 30 bags and he'll still, he could possibly give you a hundred runs on top of it. And the stolen bases with him, that's always been an issue. I mean, he has the elite speed, but he just really – he just didn't know how to steal bags efficiently. Uh, he's still not doing it very efficiently, but <laughs> if he gets the opportunities, I mean, you're looking at a 25 to 30 type stolen base guy at least. Yeah. And the Mets have not had an elite uh, base runner at the top of the top of the lineup since Reyes. So, I mean, this this could be a big breakout season coming for him. All right, my turn. <laughs> I, I've been. That's I've the just, that's the longest you've been quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and people are probably like, "Wow, Mike, quiet." Yeah. Well, that's about to change. Okay. So remember, 2019, my guy, Michael Conforto, one of my guys, loved him. He's been replaced. He's been replaced, and it's by none other than JD Davis. And I can't get yeah, I can't get enough with of this guy. I right. knew you were gonna pick him. Of yeah. course, he's mine. He's my guy. I'm doing a deep dive article on him. I've claimed him on Twitter. I'm planning my flag. <laughs> he's mine. 
And it's because I just I, I start looking to him. First of all, what stood off, stood, stood, what really stood out was his uh, Statcast page. 90th percentile exit velocity, 90th percentile XBA. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a while. I'm gonna be talking for a minute. <laughs> 93rd percentile X slug, 93rd percentile X woba, and 91st percentile hard hit percentage. And I've been talking about him nonstop, and I can't get over it. Everything seems legit. His launch angle increased. His exit velo increased. Everything, and it's like his hard hit rate. And this made me wonder. I'm like, why the change? Like, so I went, I was like, I'm, I'm like part of my deep dives now. These articles are right for fan tracks. I start, I'm like, let me take it a step further. I'm going to look at batting stances. And sure enough, there was a, cha- a tangible change in batting stance. And you guys know I love tangible chains. Ta- chains? I love tangible change. And he, in 2018 with the Astros, he had, I think, it looked a little more upright to me, but I'm not, I'm not a scout. But he definitely had a pre-pitch bat movement that he completely cut out altogether and he looked like he was a little more compact in his stance this year in 2019 and he he also had a better plate approach he was he was more patient it wasn't chasing as much his swing strike rate was lower overall his contact rate was up so he was making being just more selective and better better uh being whatever more selective that's the word i keep saying whatever um he he increased his ground ball rate like he uh actually decreased his ground ball rate i apologize increases line drive rate he took more of an all-fields approach, so and and all this X stats back up everything about him. His um, expected stats line up almost perfectly with his actual production. JD Davis breakout season incoming sleeper, whatever you want to call him. He's gonna be like he's gonna be a top 100 guy in the season. Honestly, I think it's actually crazy. All his X stats are 90th percentile or higher. Yes, mm-hmm. and they all except and for they, sprint speed, obviously. But. Yes, and if you actually look at his um his actual out his production is pretty much lines up XBA and, and batting average. Are separated wow. by, what, XBA 308 actual bat actual average was 307. His um, slugging and X slugging were eight points apart. I can't do the math. Seven points apart. Woba X Woba 10 points. Apart. Oh, sorry. Eight yeah. Points apart. X Woba was higher. Wow. It's pretty much right, but they're all pretty much in line. Like fluctuations always there. My point is, is we're going to get him. He's going to be like a top 150 pick roughly. I'm going to be taking him probably around pick 110, 115. I'm going to reach on him because I think he's going to not only he's not only going to produce or give me some um, profit there. I do truly believe he's going to be a top 100 pick going into 2021. Like he's going to be somebody you're taking top, like right where like where Conforto's going. You're going to see JD Davis going next year. What do you think his final like what what's his ceiling? Like what kind of line you think you see him having at the end of the year? I think he has a similar – I think he's a Castellanos with more power. Okay. So, Castellanos, like, four-category producer with 30 home run plus pop. I mean, yeah. he hit 22 this year. He hit 22 this year with 410 at-bats, and that's with all – and he has all these, all these, like I said, all the stuff, 90 percentile and better. I think he's a better Castellanos as far well, as, like, home runs. Do similar, you think – Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry to cut you off. Go um, – no, so I'm just saying that's like the name that comes to mind is Castellanos because when you think of Castellanos, you think of a solid player that you know you could kind of plug him in and forget about him, and you wish he just hit more power. J.D. Davis, I think, is going to be that guy that hits more power, and it looks like he's going to be batting fourth. So at least that's what shows on roster resource. So he could be hitting fourth or fifth. So the RBI opportunities are going to be there, and I think he's going to be just a solid all-around guy with 30 home run upside. Yeah, I, I like that call. I like J.D. Davis. I think that's a good one. It's going to be interesting to see how their outfield shakes out, you know, because 
you look at the roster resource page right now and you know Jeff McNeil's missing from there. So you gotta add him into the mix. They've got Brandon Nimmo and then they've got Michael Conforto. And we don't know anything about what their plans are for Ioannis Cespedes. I mean, you know, is he in their plans for next season? I think yeah, I think, maybe he, they, I, think, I think his contract makes him have to be. Let's see. I'm looking up. Right. Do they have, look at maybe trading him, eating that money, and, and just getting him out of there? Yeah, um, I don't know he, what they're going to do. Even right. If he's Bobby Bonilla contract. He's under, he's under contract for 20, $29 million next year. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and how does the field shake out? It, it's a little bit of a concern. You know, uh, is – is Davis going to get that everyday playing time? Who's going to be the odd man out? You know, do they make a trade? Do they get Nimmo out of there? I think Frazier is a free agent, actually. I think what's probably going to happen is if Frazier, it Frazier goes is a free well, agent. I think J.D. Davis is probably going to be your third baseman. Yeah, okay. yeah. right. However, Frazier, Frazier is a free agent. To, like you said, George, okay. roster resource does not have Jeff McNeil on here. Um, obviously, McNeil needs a spot. He's not mm-hmm. playing second base. And if Cespedes does come back, uh, Cespedes is not going to be an everyday player right away, most likely. Let's be, let's be real here. But if Cespedes is playing, you got Cespedes, you got Conforto, and either McNeil or Nimmo. Um, that opens up a spot for J.D. Davis at third if McNeil is in the outfield. But if McNeil is at third, then J.D. Davis is probably not – an everyday starter. That would be so that. terrible. That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's my main concern. I like the JD Davis hype, and I think he should be the starting third baseman next year. But I'm concerned that their outfield is too clogged. And don't forget, we also have Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry needs yeah. playing time. No, he he's doesn't. out all year. He's so done. that's why JD Davis has been getting playing time. But yeah. Lowry is signed for two years. He's making some decent money. I think Brody's going to make a move, though. Yeah. I yeah, think Lowry, Lowry. He's going to make moves again. Well, okay. I just looked up. Frazier is a like he's a free agent. He's not on the team, so third base is open. Lowry, he's a thirty-five-year-old. He, he's only making he's making eleven point five million. That's not only that's a lot, but he, that's not enough. I feel like that's not enough to force your way into a lineup. That's not Cano money. Cano money is what's going to keep Cano in the lineup, even though Cano should not be in there over McNeil. No, is not Davis. going anywhere. Cano needs Cano needs to go find himself a retirement home. He's ridiculous, and he's pissing me off. But I just – I don't know, man. If J.D. Davis – it'll break my heart because I'm so high on him. And if we do any early drafts that matter, he will be on my team, and he I will go down with the ship. <laughs> I got I got him in the best ball draft, George. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah? Pretty sure I did. I'm sorry I'm drafting those two teams, but I'm just yeah. – I'm, I'm a real believer, and I'm really like – I'm really – I'm planting my flag. I think he is my this year's, like I say, my this year's Conforto, and I think he's the he's one of the bigger breakouts. We're going to get him at a solid price, and he's going to be a top 100 player, assuming everyday playing time. Not everyday playing time. If he's a part-time player, he's only good for daily leagues, and I'm going to be a – he's going to be a bust pick for mine. He's going to go from breakout to bust real quick. It would be nice to see him take that third-base job and just kind of run away with it. Um, I, think it's, I think it's his for the taking, to be honest. But I know I know Lowry's there. You're right. Like Lowry is still there, and I do. I'm more concerned with McNeil. McNeil is a second baseman. He's not playing second base with Cano there. I think they would prefer to have McNeil at third base rather than the outfield. That's my concern with JD Davis and the playing time. So do you but, think Nimmo? Like, do you think it would be like a like 
you think Cespedes would be he's making 29 million dollars he's not gonna I don't think you sit him unfortunately no. I think I, think I could see outfield of Cespedes Nimmo Conforto with Nimmo uh with McNeil being the third base guy if Cespedes is completely healthy which who knows like you said he'll step I in think, a hole I think that's what I could see happening and then JD Davis is kind of like your your six man on the basketball squad but I would like to see him get that third base job. I just don't know if it's going to happen. That's why I don't think uh, – are you saying you would take him top 100 right now? Is that what no, you're saying? No, I'm saying I would reach as high I as like one. Gonna... I think he's going to finish – if he starts off the season as an everyday starter, he finishes top 100, and that's my, I guess, a bold prediction. Because right now I think he's going to – I bet you his ADP – his ADP on the trailer mocks was like 200. I yeah, think it's going to creep up. I think it'll creep up to like 150, and you'll see high picks from me around 120, 125, just to ensure I get them. <laughs> and that's going to be it's it could it could break. I mean, at that point, it's not that it's it's him it's him and Schwarber. I think I still have Schwarber ahead of him, but I want it's and that's more because I think Davis has question marks. Yeah. If those question marks are if those questions are answered, then he's going to be it's going to be really hard for me not to have him as a top 120 ranked guy. I'm going to be really aggressive with him. It's a good call. I just think it really depends on what they do in the off season and the playing time. I think that's really what it comes down to. I'm getting, I'm just getting frustrated that that's two years in a row now that I've had a guy on the Mets. Like, <laughs> I've, I've been super in love with your guys <laughs> over there. Meet the damn Mets, man. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else you guys want worth. I mean, Cespedes is like a deep, 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 deep league guy. <laughs> I mean, we we just talked about him potentially having a, a spot. You need you need some late round power for like a AL NL AL NL only or a draft and hold. Sure, give him a shot. Other than that, for me, he's not relevant. Yeah, I mean, he's a thirty what thirty five year old guy who can't move. I mean, he's got to get out. Of, they got to move him. <laughs> he's yeah. an AL team. He's I don't know if going to take him, but he's a, yeah, at that price. He's gonna, they're gonna have, the Mets are going to have to eat a lot of that money between yeah. him. Between him and David Wright, you know how much money they lost? Insurance. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they got a lot of Wright's money back, though. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, Nimmo, real quick, I guess. I He's okay. I mean, if he depends, again, playing time is big on him. He might have some deep league steal value, you know? He was uh, a nice sleeper pick coming into this season. Yeah. Uh, this past, past. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah so that yeah. worked out. He did not uh, work out <laughs> too well, he, he, but he's a nice he uh, he's a nice sleeper, I guess, for this season. Uh, if you're in an OBP type league, he does take his walks very well. Gets down to first base very quick. But oh, oh he other, takes those walks. Yeah. Other than that, I'm I'm not too excited on Nimmo anymore. Honestly. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I think he's really only valuable OBP leagues or points and, leagues for and walks deeper, and deeper formats in general. I don't see much twelve team. He's fringe twelve teamer. Um, is that it, guys? Did we cover the Mets? Is there anybody else worth mentioning? Well, We're good. I wanted to. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add that I'm gonna have a lot of Jeff McNeil on my teams uh, next if that's, season. If that's his AP, yes. Yeah, I'm going to have a ton of Jeff McNeil. I know, like, uh, I want to say it was maybe a couple months ago. I forget which which episode. We had uh, we had Casey Bubba on. I think I compared McNeil to Altuve. I'm saying if you, if you don't want to draft Altuve where he's going next season, you could just wait and get McNeil, like, much later. And for me, I think that's, that's the comparison that I'm making here. He's um, 
I mean, if, if I don't get a second, he, he's going to be second base eligible next season because I'm pretty sure McNeil played over 20 games at second base. So, I mean, I'm just going to wait on second base and just grab McNeil, even if he's going, you know, even if I have to take him around 80 or 90, I'm more than comfortable taking him there. I think I'm going to have a lot of McNeil. That's why it's like I want to do my ranks, but I feel like we don't know position eligibility yet for sites. Because I need to get my ranks done because I keep saying, oh, he's fringe 100. I can only put so many people. I can only put 100 players in my top 100. You know what I mean? So I really got to sit down and get my ranks going. But it's hard because other than pitchers, you don't know who the hell is eligible where anymore these days. Unless you do your own homework on every single player. And I'm sorry. I ain't doing all, I ain't doing all that work. I do enough. Hmm. McNeil played 34 games at second base, 24 at third base. So he's going to be second base, third base, outfield eligible. That's huge, man. He's going uh-huh. he's he's to skyrocket. He's going to be top 100 pick. Yeah. Everyone's top 100 pick for me. He's great value. I took him in, uh, in the mock draft that me and Mike are in right now. I took him at 96, and I felt like I reached a little bit. That's about right. I feel like that's where he should be, though. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I think so, too. So, yeah, if that's what if we're going to – I think what we're going to have to do is – I think a, a good episode – we'll talk about this off the air. Never mind. Anyway. So, obviously, we're all on the same page with McNeil. With that said, I think it's a good place to end it. This one ran close to an hour, so every team will fluctuate. This team had a lot more exciting pieces than the Marlins, and I expect that to be a common theme when you compare teams to the Marlins, except for the Tigers and whatever. Anyway, if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. You can find me. I'm Mike. Well, I'm actually, I'm Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. We have another Mike, and you can follow him on Twitter at SPStreamer. We have George at Gmontanez90. And I'm laughing because I say I saved Zach for last week. <laughs> <laughs> and you have Zach at BrafZ. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I hate you so much. You can follow him on Twitter. Yeah, you can follow us all on Twitter. You can follow the Bases Loaded Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We're being a little more active on there as well. Um, at Bases Loaded Pod. And of course, guys, please, if you have a moment, leave a uh, rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. And share us with your friends. Always helps. With that said, guys, we will uh, talk to you soon. 